you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. On this week's episode, we're discussing criticism. Now, I agree, before we get going, I agree that this episode is possibly going to sound a little bit like deja vu, purely because some of the stories I'm going to be discussing will sound like some of the stories I told in the previous episode about listening. Which means if it doesn't sound like deja vu, oh no, not deja vu. What's the écoute, écoute, déjà écouté? It sounds if it sounds like something you've already heard, great because it means you listened to last week's episode. If it's so brand new and f- unfamiliar, then were you listening to last episode? Question mark. So obviously criticism, criticism, criticism. It's levelled at us in many different ways, and as a man, one of the main criticisms we get is, of course, we don't listen. Please see previous episode, or rather, please listen to previous episode. But criticism does take many forms, but in day-to-day life, as in with your significant other, it's often negative. Um, You're doing the washing up wrong, you're folding the clothes wrong, and that's not how to tie up the trash bags, etc, etc, etc. You know, it's always a case of there's something you're not doing to somebody else's standard. Yet, when the boot's on the other foot, it is as equally poorly received. So why doesn't the critic ever realise that their criticism isn't meant well? There is no well-meaning criticism. Even positive criticism has a level of negativity in it because the negativity isn't voiced. Positive criticism is, you could be doing that better, which means I'm doing it badly now. See, my wife didn't even think that her little asides that she was making and commenting on were actually criticism. She would often comment, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. Well, it's not intended to cause harm, because it isn't. She's basically just saying, well, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. It's, it's factual. But the, behind the fact lies the truth that she's saying, I'm not doing enough. Because if, I, if, if she's got to do it, it shows I'm not doing it, which means I'm not pulling my weight. Fair enough. But it's not a motivational or a helpful comment. What it does is it leaves you feeling kind of angry and bereft of joy and... It's a criticism. There's no other way of explaining it. So my wife once said to me, do you know how it makes me feel when... whatever it was. At the point where she was perhaps a little bit riled, a little bit angered, you know, sometimes you come home from work and your workday has been terrible and you you find it hard to keep that that barrier, to maintain that. I sometimes refer to my emotions and my sort of anger and my stresses as being a beaker. And that beaker has got liquid in it. The liquid in the beaker is anger and upset and frustration and lashing out, all those things. And some days the beaker just gets a few more drips and drips and drips going in, little things that then push me so on and so on. But I'm able to keep the lid on the beaker for quite a long time. But then something will happen that will just force the lid off the beaker and then the liquid pours out and then somebody ends up getting the wrath of my anger. And for a long time I would be in a situation where something was being levelled at me, some critique was being made of whatever it was, and I would bite down the, com- the, the comment I was going to make. I wouldn't say it, it would be, it'd be kept in the, in the brain. 
you know, mouth engaged, brain engaged, nothing came out. But when I'm tired, and when my emotional beaker is full, the comments come out. And sometimes me commenting these counter comments has actually been useful because what it's made my wife realize is that I'm not an emotionless wreck. I'm not a useless piece of flesh, but I have actually got emotions. I have actually got um, kind of fears and worries and anxieties and all kinds of other things. And that I'm also not particularly happy with the particular conversation we're having at that moment. So that's also been quite useful, but it can obviously backfire because if she's also got an overflowing beaker of emotions and yours is overflowing at the same time, you make a sly comment about, well, no, 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 no. And then next thing you know, you're in a full-blown argument shouting at each other. So I replied to her once when she said this about how does it make me feel. I replied that I, I also feel bad when I'm being criticised, but I'm not allowed to criticise myself. As in, I'm not allowed to criticise her. And she was surprised. She didn't feel that she was being critical. She thought that what she was doing was being helpful and instructive. But as I said, right at the top of the episode, it's often negative. You're not doing it right. You're not doing it the way I would do it. You're not doing it to my standard. You're not doing it good enough. That's not meant well. That's meant nasty. That's meant to point out to you that you've got a failing. So when she found out this, she thought, you know, she thought she's being helpful and instructive. But when I told her that it was making me feel worthless and demeaned, she was genuinely shocked. So let's have a little bit of story time. We haven't had a story time for a while, let's have some story time. So I'm doing the washing my way. So I'm putting the colourful items in, separate to the white items. That's standard. But what my wife adds to that is she will make sure that she's not washing underwear together with like t-shirts and vests and so on, things that are worn elsewhere on the body. So she'll have a wash that's got all socks and underwear in, whereas I'm not bothered because the water wash, you know, we've got biological powder in there, we've got washing powder, we've got all sorts things are happening that making sure all the clothes are coming out clean. But she's got it into her head that if you wash underwear with t-shirts, the t-shirts are going to get the scummy mess from the underwear on the t-shirts, which suggests that she's lived in a place where the washing machines aren't very good. Anyway, so I'm doing it my way and I get criticised because I'm not doing it her way. So she'd rather me do this and rather me do that and she thinks she's educating me the better way to do the washing. Great. It appears to be understood from her side that her way is the best, so I need to adapt. So then when I'm doing the washing up my way, I found myself having to criticise her for not doing it my way because in my mind, my way was better. She argued with me that her way suits her and she's going to continue and I shouldn't push my high standards on her. So do you see the difference in the results? So when I wasn't doing something her way, I was told that her way's the best and I need to adapt. When she wasn't doing something my way, I was told her way suits her best and she's going to carry on and I shouldn't push my high standards on her. Well, that's basically like saying, you do things the way I like and I do things the way I like and that's it. Whereas in my case, it's like, well, I have to do things the way you like, but I'm not allowed to get you to do things the way I like. I have to cope with you doing them how I don't like them. I mean, can she even see the hypocrisy of that statement? Possibly not. So where we ended up as part of this story time was, I asked her what the problem was with how I was doing the washing. I said, what's the issue? What am I doing wrong? What is it that you don't like? She told me, we got it sorted. Great. 
She asked me what the issue was with her methods for the washing up. So I explained. That also got sorted. But the reason this worked, and the reason we were able to have this, if you will, elevated conversation, was because we didn't talk about it at the time when the frustrations were high, the anger was high. We talked about it a day or two later, but no longer. Any longer than that, it's gone. It's long, ancient history, forget about it. But you leave it a day or two, it should be fine. And because a day or two had passed, it was still a subject that could be then discussed calmly. Because then I could go to her and I could say, you know, what I don't like about the way you do the washing up is this, 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 and this. I prefer it to be done like that because, and then give good reasons. It's not, it's, it's kind of like, there's a terrible term for it when you're giving someone an appraisal at work, for example. They call it a poop sandwich, that you've got a, a slice of good, a slice of bad, and a slice of good. And kind of, I, w- I wouldn't want to say that I use that method at home because I also didn't approach it by saying, the reason why I want you to do the washing up my way is because. I didn't say that. What I said was, the reason I do the washing up that way is because of this, this, and this, and that's why I prefer that method. Rather than saying, you don't do it like me, do it like me, I said, this is why I do it that way, and that's how I would like it to be done going forward. And she's kind of worked on it a little bit. She's tried hard, but you know these habits have been there for a long time. They're hard to get rid of. Moving into the positivity of it, so I found a website and I'm going to post the URL in the blurb for the episode so you can have a look at it yourself. They had six steps for how to cope with being critical, not being criticised. That's quite key. There were suggestions on how to prevent yourself from being critical of others. I couldn't find anything about how to cope with being criticised. I'm sure there must be resources out there, but it was more about... And I found that that's why this is in Positivity Corner, because I found this works better, that if you're... If you feel that you're being hypercritical, or if you've been told that you're always being hypercritical, these six steps should help you. So step one is just be realistic. You know, is what you're asking for actually fair? Step two is to look for the positives. As I said, if you give them the poop sandwich, you know, you say you do this very well, but it'd be better if you could change that. You know, it's always helpful. Positive criticism is genuinely useful, but as long as it's coming from a good place and it is positive. I mean, one of the jokes I always make is somebody says, oh, try to be positive and go, yeah, but I am positive. It's going to be terrible. Number three is don't take their behavior personally because it isn't personal. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to realize that, you know, unless you are living together with a genuine sociopath. And if that is the case, you need to research what a sociopath is because then you might spot those behavioral types. Number four, which I think is perhaps the most important and should have been right at the top, is consider whether you need to say anything at all. What's going to be gained by you mentioning it? Now, if it's going to be positive for your mental health and positive for your way of life and your approach to the situation in future, then yes, it's worth saying, but you need to make that emotional declaration right at the start. You need to be standing there saying, I know this is going to hurt your feelings, but it's coming from the feelings of emotion and stress on my side, and that's why I think it needs saying. Number five is ask directly and respectfully for what you want. You know, like it said at the start, be realistic. Um, also, don't be unreasonable, I guess. And finally, manage your own anxiety and stress. We've done an episode about anxiety. It's a long time ago. I'm still suffering from anxiety. I can't remember if I gave any tips in that one, but anxiety and stress are quite key factors in life. And I think that if you can manage those, you can deal with those. And you, you know, I'm not saying you ignore them because that's bad. But if you can mitigate those issues and sort out those problems, and it will help in the long run. So I mentioned positive criticism before. 
I personally feel that positive criticism in a relationship only works in some cases, and those cases are often dependent upon specific emotional states. So if they're tired, emotional and upset, it's not the time to criticise, you're just kind of adding to the problem. However, it might be that you're also tired, emotional and upset and you're unable to stop yourself. Your beaker is overflowing in the same way that their beaker is overflowing. So in that case, you must begin or end with an apology. If you find, you know, you need to be mindful of the number of times that where you're criticising somebody, where you have a passive-aggressive apology. Look, I'm really sorry I have to keep saying this, but that's not an apology. But if you start off with, you know, I'm sorry I need to mention this, but it does weigh on my mind, you know, it's, it is affecting my emotional state, so can we talk about X? Which leads me to the final point, which is, as ever, talk. Talk, talk, talk. <sighs> Nobody likes being criticised. And, as I said, my wife didn't even think of what she was doing as being criticism, which I found was fascinating because it clearly was. And when I pointed out to her that, yeah, it is, she sort of accepted that it was. We still have a situation, we still have it which is where it comes down to what I said about managing your own anxiety and stress. We still have a situation where my wife cannot be criticised about anything. She just can't be. Because the minute I mention something that she seems is a criticism of anything, it turns emotional and it starts turning... I won't say nasty because that's not the word, but it does get very personal. It always gets flipped back onto me. So if I say to her something along the lines of, you know, I'll criticise her for whatever it is, and it is criticism, there's no, there's no way to, you know, talk positive and nicely about it, it is criticism. If I do criticise her about something and she feels vulnerable and attacked, she will attack back. In much the same way in the natural world, where the animals will fight back, she will fight back. And that's why, you know, I manage my own anxiety and stress, but I have had to say to her in the past, you know, you are not above criticism. You are not a perfect human being. You can be criticised and you should be criticised because we're in this together and it's not just me that needs to change. And that is quite important because it acknowledges on the one half that I know I need to change and it acknowledges on the other half that she needs to change and that we both need to work together. And she likes that. So in short, I'm Leon Deggs and I will reach out if I need help honest. I don't need to be criticised. I will ask for help. Thank you for listening. <laughs>